the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you with me. My name is Jeremy Stonelecker and this is the show where we do our very best every single episode to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And we talk about navigating an ever-changing culture. Uh, as has been explained many times on this show, we need a roadmap. <laughs> we bring experts on and we spend a lot of time uh, asking questions and trying to understand issues and situations better so that we can navigate. But ultimately, what we need to navigate an ever-changing culture is a worldview that is informed by the truth. We are talking specifically of a biblical worldview. We need to view the world and all that's happening in it from a biblical lens, asking the question, what is true according to God, and how then should we respond to what's happening around us? Uh, right now, this is a different environment as if you're watching, I'm sure you can see, perhaps you can even hear it if you're listening to the podcast, you can hear some noise in the background. We're recording this week from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and this is a place uh, really that is a gathering of men and women who are broadcasting, who are producing content, both video and audio content. There are book publishers here, all with one goal of providing a biblical perspective based on a biblical worldview to the world around us. Events like this, and, and specifically this one, this is the largest gathering in the country of uh, religious broadcasters and communicators. Uh, such an important event because it really is a gathering of people who are trying to do what we try to do on this show uh, several times a week. Provide perspectives, provide an understanding of what's happening so that we know how to navigate an ever-changing culture. And we're really grateful to be here. Over the next couple of episodes, you will hear from some incredible guests. As when we were at CPAC, we had uh, an amazing opportunity to interview folks. We may not always have the opportunity to interview in person. And so it is here at NRB, and very excited to share these with you. I know that these episodes will be helpful to you. They will be entertaining. And uh, beyond everything else, <laughs> above all, I believe they will help to establish a biblical framework through which you can view and evaluate the world. I know you're going to enjoy these and uh, look forward to jumping into it with you. Right now, there's a situation brewing in the men's basic department. Men are being held hostage by overpriced brands that simply aren't mission tested. That's why we're excited to tell you about Undertack, the only brand that's literally been battle-tested by special forces. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High-quality material that's antibacterial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day. Uh, I recently did a 30-mile run in preparation for an ultramarathon in a couple weeks wearing the Recon boxers, and they were absolutely incredible. I loved them. They have a quick-release fly and a secret pocket in the extra-wide waistband for cash or tactical necessities. Undertack is durable, ultralight, fade-resistant, and shrink-resistant. And here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. 
Save 20% off your order with the offer code SITREP20. All one word, SITREP20. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. That is a great American company that's unapologetically pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. That's getundertack.com. Getundertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. My guest is Dennis Prager, who needs very little, if any, introduction to our audience, but uh, so thankful and grateful that you'd spend time with us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Um, I've been watching you do your show all day long, and I've been stuck here. I wanted to get over there. Mm. So we invited you over here. Um, awesome to have you. Uh, I want to ask you some specific questions about media and particularly faith in media. But before we get there, uh, one, one of the things, I, and I've listened to so many hours of uh, your talks and presentations and uh, Prager you. Um, but I haven't heard much of your story. How did you get into broadcasting and doing what you're doing now? What drove you to this? Well, I was driven, I'm, I'm a very, very abnormal person. And I, I don't mean it in a funny sense right. or psychologically abnormal. But my life has been abnormal. Mm. I was an outlier as a kid. I, I, I can give you many manifestations, but I'll only give you one. So when I was a junior in high school, I wrote in my diary, so I still have it. I have the proof. They can do dating of the ink to show that it was from then. <laughs> right. And I said, I know what I want to do with my life. I want to influence people to the good. Wow. Yeah. So I knew from the age of about 16 exactly what I wanted to do with my life. The only issue, and it was a big one in the very beginning, well, how will I do it? How, yeah. I'm a kid in Brooklyn, New York. I'm going to influence people. Right. right. Uh, how? And uh, incredibly, uh, I don't know if it was God's intervention or luck or combination. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very hesitant about saying God did X or Y. Sure. I, I don't know if we mortals can know that. But it does seem like somewhat miraculous. But to make a long story short, I was the head of a an educational institute in California where I had moved in my 20s. The head of, uh, of the L.A. Board of Education uh, heard me speak. She brought my name to uh, KABC Los Angeles, the ABC radio station yeah. in L.A., yeah. and uh, they needed a new host, and I met their criteria. They hired me the night I tried out. Wow, wow. And, and so to speak, the rest is history. I was given a forum... At the age of 32, I was already known for speaking and writing, but that was primarily within Jewish life. But my desire was to touch everybody, not yeah, just Jews. Right. And I had that from the from high school. Yep. And uh, and it worked. So uh, I got to talk to a lot more people through radio, and then a lot more people through PragerU. We have a billion views a year. Unbelievable. It yep. is unbelievable. Yeah. It's extremely helpful. One of the things I appreciate so much about you and your work is that you're not a, a pundit in the sense that you just talk about what's happening and try to get people spun up about it, which a lot of people are doing right now. You really do educate, and you go very deep on some, some issues that so many of us struggle with. Uh, the reason we started this podcast was to 
hopefully provide some perspective and the right information for people in a world that is changing so rapidly, culture's changing so rapidly, we don't always know what to do. And, and you've been doing that for a long time. What's, what's been the response over the years of, of you really intervening with truth, but also direction into so many of these issues? Well, clearly it's been a positive response, but equally important, there's been a lot of negative response. Interesting. And I have to say to those who loathe me, and they are, they are not a small group. They are legion. They are legion. That they actually strengthen me. Interesting. I think you could judge a person by his enemies as much as by his friends. Interesting. And if these people loathe me, uh, then I must be doing something right. That is how I feel. And, uh, you know, the Washington Post had a, an article on me about half a year ago. And, and the... Uh, Comments, well, I always read comments to articles. Sure. And you, to be a commenter, you have to be a subscriber to the Washington Post. So that's a very narrowly right. defined audience. Right. And they just all wished, because it was about me and COVID, and they all, not all, but nearly all wished I would die. And, you know, it has no effect very, on very me. Very helpful, very helpful. It, but it gives you an idea of the depth of their hatred. And I always wonder, what did I say ever? that would elicit so much hatred. Yeah. And they, when, when the issue arises, like I, I conducted, I conduct orchestras periodically. It's my avocation. Sure. I'm into music. So I conducted uh, the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra in a Haydn Symphony about four, four years ago at the Disney Concert Hall. It was a big deal. And seven members wouldn't play for me because I'm a conservative. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And nearly all of those who wouldn't play were professors at UCLA. Yep. So I had one on. To, a, to my shock, he agreed to come on. Leftists almost never uh, dialogue or debate uh, conservatives for good reason. Right. I might add, they, they, they don't generally come out looking uh, all that uh, coherent. But he did come on. He even brought his wife to the studio. And I was very gentle with him. He was one of the guys who wouldn't play. And I said, why, why wouldn't you play when I came to conduct? I raised, I didn't take a nickel for the effort. I raised the entire year's budget of the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra <laughs> that night. It no was the way. only time in yeah. the history of the Disney Concert Hall that a regional orchestra sold out. That's incredible. Okay? Yeah. That's what I did for them. <laughs> and he wouldn't play. Yeah. Better that Santa Monica not have an orchestra's budget then have a conservative conduct. Sick. Anyway, so I said, so you wrote in, in, in uh, urging others not to, not to go to the concert or play that, that I'm a bigot. So I'm curious, you must know me better than I do. Mm. I know I'm not a bigot. How am I a bigot? Yep. And it was, it was a phenomenon. There was no coherence, no, none whatsoever to the response. I, I don't even remember it because it made no sense. Of course, I'm not a bigot, but they throw out these labels. I, I got to the subject because I was talking about the people who don't like me, that there's no coherence to, to their uh, outlook. They just believe if you differ with the left, you must be what I call six herbs, sexist, intolerant, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, racist, or bigoted. What is, this is a question that probably doesn't have an answer, but why is the left that group of people that you're talking about, why are they unwilling to even consider that there may be something outside of their worldview? 
It's a religion, that's why. Uh, and and uh, there have been people in every religion who have had that view. There's nothing legitimate outside of yeah. my religious worldview. Uh, they, they are fanatical in their, in their leftist religion. And it is a religion in every sense of the word. It's just not God-based. But not all religions are God-based. That's right. Yeah, that's right. When you look at media, if you could define the role of media, and we're at a place in time where trust in media, particularly mainstream media, is probably at its lowest point, I would imagine, maybe in the history of our country, people are looking for truth. What is the role of media, if you could define that? Well, if, if it's the news media, their role is to give the news as accurately and truthfully as possible. Uh, every mainstream source has become a left-wing Right. Uh, right. uh, purveyor of propaganda. It's a tragedy. I wish it weren't the case. Uh, but half this country has no trust in the New York Times, Washington yeah. Post, CNN, yeah. MSNBC, etc. And, and ABC and CBS and PBS and NPR, <laughs> and they're right not to. Right, right. They, do you know that NPR, in the middle of the rioting, actually had an hour dialogue with the, a woman who wrote a book titled In Defense of Looting? Gives you an idea of how sick the left is. Right. Morally sick. Right. Um, what is the role then of faith in the media? We're at a religious broadcasters conference. A lot of folks here who are really doing their best to promote faith, communicate faith, develop faith. <laughs> What's the role of faith in media? Well, you have you have two different areas. You have regular media with people of faith in it. That's me. I'm a person of faith, in my case I'm a religious Jew, and I am I have a secular show, so to speak. Sure, sure. But I I openly bring religion, biblical values into my discussion. And I label them as such. I, you know, alert, I'm about <laughs> to say something that is religiously right. based. If this is scary to you, know it's coming. Yes, that's right. So it's a warning, it's a trigger. Right. Uh, then there's specifically religious media, and they have a tremendously valuable role to play, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so there, there are two separate answers to the question. Uh, I think that religious media have done an incredible job because the only organized opposition that's effective against the left has been religious. There are some terrific secular conservatives who have great values, but by and large, in terms of organized opposition, the religious community. it has been the religious community. Yeah, that's very good. Which is why the left hates the religious community. Because they can organize against well, that's right. it's their, their religion. It's, it's right. their only, it's right. It's yeah. their only organized opposition. Incredible. I, I'd love to continue to talk about this, but so grateful for the work that you're doing. And, Thank you. And, and, and your investment in education, and you know that I think is one of the things that sets you apart from so many others. Where can people learn more about PragerU, the work that you're doing, and uh, really connect with some of these incredible conversations? Well, it's pretty easy. Go to PragerU.com. There you go. And there are 500 five-minute videos. There's a lot of stuff for little kids now. And there's my fireside chat every week. Right. You, you could really binge on PragerU. <laughs> and many of us have. Thank many you. Of us have. Dennis Prager, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. My joy. Yes, sir. Thank you. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, 
many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went. I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. My guest is Charlie Kirk. Charlie, thank you so much, man. How are you doing? Thanks Stopping for having by. me. It's awesome. Been watching you uh, do your show all afternoon. Yes, sir. And you stopped by. We're at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. It's a long name, but... Uh, this NRBC, is, I guess. NRBC. Yeah. Um, a lot of people know you. Our audience, I'm sure, is familiar with you, but take just a minute, if you wouldn't mind, talk about Turning Point. Sure. What, where, kind of where it came from. Um, I know you put a lot of work into what you're doing now, but I think a lot of people don't know that. So maybe give your background a little bit, how Turning Point started, and then uh, just a couple questions beyond yeah, so, that. so uh, Turning Point started in June of 2012. Yeah. Uh, I started with no money, no connections, and sure. <laughs> really no idea what I was doing. Yeah, good. It's uh, the best way to start. There you go. Right. And it's, uh, it's flourished into probably the largest grassroots movement for young people. Now, almost all ages, we have some exciting programming with uh, focusing on liberty, yeah. uh, private property rights, the Constitution, yeah. um, naturally ordained rights from God, and we fight to win. That's what we do at Turning Point USA. How does Turning Point accomplish those goals? Through college and high school chapter development, yeah. our campus tours, um, our big national events, our individual training programs, our digital social media. Yeah. Um, we reach millions of people every single day through our multiple outlets on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, uh, TikTok, where it really matters. And so I've uh, been very, very blessed yeah. in more ways than one. Uh, but we, we really have a machine that's been created. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you speak to a lot of young people, and you have, and I think that's probably what you're the most well-known for, is speaking to young people. We're at a critical, it's always critical, but we're at a very critical time in yeah. our nation's history right now. And with elections coming up, both midterms, eventually, in just a couple of years, we'll be voting for another president. Uh, the evangelical young person. What is your perspective 
on how they will vote and the influence they'll have in the upcoming elections. Yeah, uh, how they vote remains to be seen. A lot of young Christians are becoming increasingly woke-ish, unfortunately, uh, largely stemming from bad theology and bad teaching that's yeah. happening in the church. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a serious virus that has infected the church um, of kind of this hyper-racial conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. and, and this is something that I am happy to wade into because the world I live in is kind of having politically incorrect discussions you know, rooted in timeless philosophy. Right. But a lot of people in the church kind of stay away from it. Yeah. And I mean, you see a lot of, there are more young evangelicals that are leaning left than are leaning, leaning right. That is the trajectory. Um, and it's a very scary thing. It's not rooted in the natural law. It's built on a, on a foundation of deceit and lies. I'm talking about like critical race theory, yeah. CRT, wokeism, sure. all this sort of stuff. Right. So uh, it's a big concern. I, I don't know how they'll vote. We'll see. Um, you know, young evangelicals, if they're married, they tend to be more conservative, thankfully, sure. and open-minded yep. to conservative ideas and values and principles. But there's a fair amount of wokeism in the American church. It's, uh, it's a serious threat. How do we deal with wokeism in the American church? My, my background is in the church. I served in the Marine Corps, but then started working at a church, uh, pastored a church. I've been involved in ministry for a long time. I come from that background. And to see many of the things that are happening in local churches uh -huh. is, uh, it's not disappointing, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. How, how do we stem the tide of that, not just for young people, but really for our country? Yeah, so I have a very uh, pointed perspective on this. I'm not saying it's right, but it's definitely my perspective. We must wage all out war. And that's what I've tried to do. Yeah. Uh, we must confront every single one of the liars and the charlatans that profess. Within the church. All of them. Yeah. Aggressively. Right. And directly. Right. Call them out because they're false prophets. Every single one of them. When we call them out, we're waging war. Yes. What is the weapon and what are we confronting them with? I mean, it depends on what circumstance, right? So, I mean, if one person was right here, I would confront them. I would ask them questions and I'd let them ask me questions. I would dialectically go after their positions. Yeah. Uh, this is a virus, it's a cancer, it's a tumor, it's a unclean spirit. Yeah. And I'm going that far. Some people don't like it yeah. when I say that. Yeah, I agreed. But, but that's where it is. If we're supposed to be salt, light, the change in the culture that we have been yes. placed into, and we're not doing that, then there's something yeah, wrong. Have, it is have, a virus. We have to put every woke Christian on defense, have yeah. them explain their positions, explain why they are allying with forces that say men can become pregnant. Yeah. Explain why they think blacks and whites should have their own dormitories on college campuses. Right. Right. Now, I, I wanna hear that yeah. from a Christian perspective. Right. And of course, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I'm used to that though, right? Sure. And so sure. the, 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 the muscle memory that I have is like, okay, the left wants to destroy the country. I'm not gonna let them do it. Right, right. But a lot of Christians are like, well, we, we have to be agreeable. And I get, I get the heart, I get it, I understand. But you're gonna lose, man. You're yeah. losing American Christendom right now to these malevolent forces. Do you think that because of a lack of trust in the media, a confusion, a cloud of confusion over our world, all of the events that we're living through right now, this is all negative, but is there an opportunity here for truth? To oh, no, there always is, and truth will prevail. Yeah. Um, the equation is very simple. Truth, we have it, and then you need people willing to say it. Yes. That's it. Right. And we really, we're getting there. Yeah. Right? right. And so rise up pastors to say it, deacons, right. church members, you right. know what I mean? Like, right. And so we already have the truth. Um, and I could say this, look, the, and I could exhaust this at end here. We do whole shows on this. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a civilization ending issue if the woke agenda, the CRT agenda, does not get excommunicated. And so look, I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, in, Amer in the history of Christianity, there's been lots of bad ideas. <laughs> sure, I yes. mean, you can look at the Pelagian controversy, course, right? Sure. You can look at the early church fathers. 
I mean, there was a controversy in the early couple of years of whether or not Jesus was divine. Sure. That's a big deal. Right. I mean, it was Unitarian versus the Trinitarian right. controversy, right? Right. And that had to be sorted out. Right. And it's, I mean, you go around this conference, I doubt there's no one that doesn't believe in the Trinity. Sure. So we won. Yeah. We have to win on this. Right. We have to excommunicate the wokes the same way that the anti-Trinitarian people were yeah. a couple thousand years ago. But a lot of Christians don't like talking like that. Yeah, well, and they need to because that's where the difference will be made. Um, are you hopeful about the future? And I know it's a very broad question. Yeah. That's a, It's really big. But are you generally hopeful? I'll, I'll give you an answer that drives people nuts. It depends. It depends, sure. Yeah, it depends on people's action. <laughs> that's I mean, my look, favorite answer to every question. Yeah, I mean, well, it it, depends. That, that's what lawyers say all the time. It depends, it depends, it depends. I mean, look, w here's what I can say this. I'm hopeful by what I'm doing. Right. And so if, right. if you're not making your own hope happen, then yep. you're, a, you're, you're a spectator. Right. Be a participant. That's right. It's kind of like, you know, do you ask someone before an NCAA basketball game, are you hopeful you're going to win? Yeah, if I play well. Right. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to yeah. do everything I can. I'm going to do the best that right. I can do. And That's like, what I can do. But, I, I mean, if you're a fan, guess what? You have zero in impact. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Except maybe the decibel level, right? Maybe. Yep. And so I, I, I'm, people say, well, Charlie, you know, what can I do? I answer this question a lot. Um, if you're still asking that question, then um, I'll try to help you out. But, yeah. I mean, come on. It's pretty obvious get what involved, needs to be done, right? Start where you start are. Start community. Get involved. Yeah. Get informed. Learn. Shepherd young people. All these sorts of things. That's how we do it. That's awesome. Where can people find out more about Turning Point, where do you want them to go? TPUSA.com for Turning Point USA. Uh, if they want to subscribe to the Charlie Kirk Show podcast, it's on every phone. It's doing very well. You'd be blessed by that. Beautiful. Charlie Glad Kirk, thank, thank you. you. God bless you, man. Awesome. Thanks, thank sir. You. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. My guest is Kaylin Dorr from Getter, and um, we've been fighting over your title, not fighting, but a disagreement over your title, but uh, special engagement? Close. That's good. That sounds like a promotion from what I do now, anyway. Engagement? Know, my, boss is right, my boss is right off camera here. Kaylin talks about Getter to people like me, who need to understand better what Getter is all about. That's right. So, appreciate you coming on. Of course. Uh, and you've been speaking here at uh, NRB, which is where we are. And this is an interesting, we're just talking about this, this is an interesting environment, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, different than CPAC, where both of us were a few weeks ago, um, because we're speaking specifically of, as the name would imply, religious broadcasting, but so many of the folks here are doing what they're doing, pushing back against the attempt to cancel religious broadcasters. And platforms like Getter have uh, really stood in the gap to facilitate free speech, which 
to a lot of people is important, to conservatives it's important, but to religious broadcasters, to people of faith, it's extremely important because so many have been canceled. Can you speak to that a little bit, the importance of having a platform like Getter, having some of these alternative platforms uh, that allow people of faith to broadcast their message? No, absolutely, and I think what's absolutely incredible is that you know, I think Interview was founded in, what, the 40s? Yeah. And it, it essentially was founded to, to stop, you know, them, uh, the left, the, the media at the time, the, the detractors at B, from going after them while they were on, you know, radio and on TV. Right, right. And now, uh, that's, I see a lot of similarities in us, we're here to stop that from happening to everybody on the internet. Uh, and, and I think, you know, what I like to tell people is that they, meaning the powers of B, uh, your big techs, your radical lefts, um, they win when you and I, when we feel alone, right? right. When right. they disconnect us from one another right. and they don't allow us to, you know, even things as simple, not even, not, to, to even stray away from things remotely political, right? If we can have a conversation with one another without fear of being censored um, and without, obviously, with, without people who, you know, it used to be that we could come to a conclusion and, and, and refine an idea, Nowadays, all you're doing is we're talking, we disagree, you're a Nazi, I'm a right. racist, <laughs> right. and we're right. calling it a day. Yeah, there's nothing in between. Right, and yeah. so we really are trying to, we're trying to bridge that gap, right? We want to, There's a place for a marketplace of ideas, for somewhere where you can show up and talk about the 2020 election, you can yeah. come and talk about COVID, right? We can talk about these things because we're being spoon-fed these narratives by big tech, by the media. They don't get to choose what is right or wrong. Yep. They don't get to choose what is or isn't real. And I think the people in this country are just are over it. Not only in this country, Getter is special in that we're a global platform. So we're about 5 million users. We're in a ton of countries. So Germany, Brazil, the UK, France. Yep. Um, I'm definitely missing somewhere, and somewhere that's going to get mad at me. <laughs> sure. But, but imagine we get mad that a nerd in a hoodie in Silicon Valley tells us we, what we can or can't yeah, say. Right. Imagine if you didn't even live in your country. Right. How much would that offend right. you? Right. What do you say... So one of the pushbacks on platforms like Getter, um, and, and there are many others, but is that it, it, it almost um, kind of becomes a ghetto of thought where it's only people of like mind that gather together and it becomes uh, this, this place where people are just kind of saying the same thing to each other. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with that, first of all, and, and what would you say to people that feel that way about a platform like Getter? Yeah, well, first I'd start off by saying, you uh, AOC, if you are watching, I want you to come on Getter. Right. I know she's afraid it's to join. It's not closed off to other people. Right. It's not. And right. and honestly, if she weren't afraid to to, to date me, then she might <laughs> might jump on the platform, right? Right. But what I'll say is like these issues, right? The, uh, zeroing in on cancel culture, right? Um, they don't. It's not exclusive to your race, your political party, your whatever religion you believe yeah. in, right? That's not exclusive. So for a good example, right? Uh, NS Cancer Freedom, you might be familiar, he's an, he's an NBA player, he's um, Turkish, he's not allowed to go back home because he spoke out right. against the, you right. know, the government, he speaks out against the atrocities occurring in China, right? He and I don't agree on, on vaccine mandates, for example, but he's on Getter constantly yeah. talking about these things, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's something that's real and it matters, and he would be canceled elsewhere for saying it. And so I think you see that this, this issue, it cuts across all these different areas in a way that traditionally, like the, the left in particular, have a hard time like grasping it. Um, and so it's really led to some honestly, 
fascinating discussion. We're bringing everybody in and their mother. I mean, it's it's incredible. Joe Rogan's on. Um, you know, Russell Brand is on the platform. Like all these people who kind of embody that spirit are there talking. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's it's been truly moving, really. Yeah. When I look at some of what are considered alternative platforms, although they're growing so fast, they won't be alternative very long. <laughs> what um, one of the things that is encouraging to me, one of the things that speaks to me, is the hopelessness found on places like Facebook, and you know, we feel like we're losing so much of our culture in those places, yeah. but there are alternatives rising, and if I look for hope in that, it's that we're not stuck <laughs> on Facebook, we're not stuck on Twitter, we're not stuck on some of these other platforms. There are folks coming along who are really building things that we can find hope in. Well, for so long, the response has been, you don't like it here, you go build it. Yeah. And we've, and we've, and we've done <laughs> and it. And we've done it, yeah, and we've right. Done, not only is, I'm going to shamelessly plug some of the things we're doing here. Please, but, please but not do. only is our app a lot like Twitter, right, where you do the short form, like, blogging. Yeah. Um, we'll be unveiling uh, very shortly, it's in beta testing for a few people, uh, short form videos, so TikTok. Uh, Instagram, oh, yeah. think yeah. like that, right? Speak to a real much younger generation right. because those guys, they don't know anything else. Yeah, right, right. They've grown that's up, how they communicate. That's all, that's all they know, right. right? And so that's what excites me about what we're doing at Getter is that we're going to find the next big content creator there yeah. and it'll be because they're a conservative that hasn't <laughs> been algorithm out of existence. Yeah. But we're doing that. We've got our live streaming that's incredible um, and then we'll, we're even, uh, this is kind of a, a, might be an exclusive here, but as soon as, <laughs> As soon as Monday, you'll yep. be able to post on Getter and it'll populate on Twitter. So you'll no never, kidding. ever, no ever have to get on Twitter ever again. No and I think that's important because they've, they've studied this for years. Yep. They've trained your brain to think a certain way. And that's what we're fighting against. But that's what we're slowly beating back. That's awesome. Um, our marketing team will be very happy to hear that because I refuse to go on Twitter even though they're telling me constantly, you have to go on there. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not it's doing the worst. it. The live stream feature on, on Getter, I don't personally use it, but uh, on the app, it's popping up all the time. People are very active on the live stream, yeah. which is cool because they're, they're sending out very short videos talking about whatever's going on and what so, they're doing. I'll tell you this. I love telling this story, and everyone off camera is going to roll their eyes. So about a month ago, yeah. I sought out to, to beat the IHOP all-you-can-eat pancakes record <laughs> live on Getter. Okay? Sure, sure. And you want to know how many people tune in to watch me do that? 30,000 people tuned in to watch me eat pancakes. Why wouldn't they, though? I don't know. I mean, I only got through eight. I really, I, I'm a disgrace So you feel like you family. let those 30,000 people down? Oh, no, I 100%. I was yeah. so upset. I was like call, asking people to call in a bomb threat to the IHOP. I had to get out of there, man. I was going to throw up Because eight's everywhere. not even close, I don't think. I don't know what the record is. Oh, no, is, it's like 80-something. Yeah, it's not, right. It's not good. But, 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 but that speaks to truly the power of kind of unleashing unvarnished, you know, uh, content. Yeah. Like allowing. Yeah. It's all about harnessing this freedom of speech, right, to live your version of the American dream, to live yeah. your faith, yeah. to, to do things that will fulfill you um, and not fulfill you because Facebook or Instagram or Twitter tell you that's what should be important yeah. to you. Yeah, that's awesome. If you could um, tell the average getter user, you need to do this more, uh, we would like to see you utilize it this way. We, we created it so that this would happen and it's not happening. What would that be? I just think people just need to get out there and continue to post and, and you know we are constantly compared to something that is like 15 years old and we are only about eight months in right yeah. so but what I love about what we've what we've cultivated is I'm here doing things like this our CEO Jason Miller is literally out you know abroad 
shaking hands and kissing yeah. babies and, and we're gonna have Jason Miller on our show I think next week I is think. he yeah. okay good yeah. you should ask him about this but he's out there kissing you know kissing hands shaking babies and pubs and like you know yeah. the UK things yeah. like that. yeah we're out there and we're actually going out and soliciting feedback and, and things like that so if you are a getter user and you're watching this please let me know what we can be doing better because that's what we want to do yeah. we want this to be a place where you can go and I hate co-opting a leftist phrase but we want it to be a safe space for you right. to feel like you can be a conservative. Because right. I don't know about you, yep. growing up being We've had the privilege hard, of serving more than 4,000 people through and one of our week-long programs. There are a lot of other opportunities we have to speak to we those men and women who have served. But uh, more than 4,000 awesome. have come through Carol, one of our programs. So and so many have, have, have found yeah. hope and healing and direction and purpose. And I'd love to sit here and tell you their stories. But it's better if you can listen to their stories. So we wanted to share some of those with you now. My name is Jeremy Stolnicker. I'm the CEO of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, and I'm here with my pastor, Steve Chappell, who is the pastor of Coastline Baptist Church here in Oceanside, California. And we are here today to tell you about our new book, Offensive Faith. In the Old Testament, the psalmist asked the rhetorical question, if the foundations be destroyed, what are the righteous to do? And it seems like we're living in a time when the foundations yeah, are being right. destroyed in a lot of different ways. Here's the great news. God has given us incredible insight in His Word that can not only encourage us to hold on in times like these, but to help us to move forward by faith. And I think our goal in this book and what we hope for you, once you pick it up and you read it, is that you will be encouraged and equipped to go on the offense with your faith in a world that seems so often out of control. Order your copy of Offensive Faith today on Amazon.com. Thank you for watching and listening. Appreciate you joining us today. And uh, before I sign off, I want to remind you, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for doing it. Make sure you are subscribed. Whatever platform it is you like to listen from, uh, make sure you're subscribed so that this content gets directly to you as it is posted every week. We have some incredible guests, great conversations. You don't want to miss anything. The best way to keep yourself from missing what we put out is by being subscribed. So go ahead and check that out. Also, go over and uh, look at some wonderful podcasts, this one included, on the Salem Network, salempodcastnetwork.com, salempodcastnetwork.com. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. We've had the privilege of serving more than 4,000 people through one of our week-long programs. There are a lot of other opportunities we have to speak to those men and women who have served, but uh, more than 4,000 have come through one of our programs, and so many have, ha have found hope and healing and direction and purpose. And uh, I'd love to sit here and tell you their stories, but it's better if you can listen to their stories. So we so wanted to I'm share some Colin of those with Schaefer. you now. Uh, I live in Eugene, Oregon. That's where I was uh, raised, I guess. Not necessarily farm, that doesn't matter. Um, I uh, was in the United States Marine Corps for eight years, did four deployments, and now I'm a police officer in the town I grew up in. I've been doing that for, for three years now. So, I mean, what ultimately brought me to find Mighty Oaks was, you know, I listened to a bunch of veteran podcasts, and the founder of the organization was on one of them, and he was a force reconnaissance Marine, so that kind of caught my attention. He'd been on a whole bunch of deployments, that kind of caught my attention. Just as a kind of a part of my upbringing a little bit, uh, sprinkled in a lot of the pretty regular things that guys who have been on three combat deployments experience, um, I sort of developed a lot of personality traits, um, 
some holes in my character and in my judgment and decision making. Um, and so those things had significant impact. Um, I, not those things, I had a significant impact on uh, my marriage um, and did a lot of what I believe for a very long time. Uh, a lot of what I believe to be like irreconcilable and irreversible damage. That wasn't the only relationship that suffered. I have four children. Uh, I always thought I was kind of the father that they should be. I'm, I'm very like stern and I, taught, I was teaching them great lessons. Um, but the way I was teaching it, uh, there was not a whole lot of love there. So yeah, a, a lot of that caused me to, um, isolate myself. Uh, I was, what I believe to be ruining my relationships at home. Um, and just cause of kind of the way I felt about myself, I didn't think that there was anyone cause I didn't, I didn't talk to any of my friends that I was in the Marine Corps with. Um, <clears throat> I hadn't really been at the police department for very long, uh, to really get to know anybody. There's a few guys, handful of guys. Um, uh, they always kind of felt like someone wasn't clicking and it was me. It wasn't them. It was almost like I was afraid to, to connect, afraid to, to be transparent, um, with anybody because of, you know, how my, what I considered to be my transgressions against the people closest to me that I wouldn't really want people to get close to me then because I'd probably hurt them too. And things just wouldn't go well. And so being isolated, spent a lot of time by myself, thinking a lot of thoughts that were just unhealthy, really low point in my life. Um, just arguing with my wife and she later found me in a, in a shed with a Glock in my hand and she did the only thing she probably could have and took it from me and slapped me and told me I was being an idiot. Um, which is exactly what I needed actually. Um, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, cause it sobered me up, made me, it made me realize like, you know what I am. <laughs> and so, but from there she, in a lot of ways, I've, I've talked to her about this program before and she kept keep dropping hints like, Hey, you know, you should finally fill that application out, you know, or, Hey, I know you have a f vacation time, like take it and go here. Um, and she kept telling me to, to come here. And what was, what was stopping me was, uh, my stereotype, my preconceived notion of, of this, the veteran, the, the damaged good veteran that, that I just, cause I'm a, obviously a different kind of veteran. So there's no way I could relate to those guys. Couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I obviously learned, uh, I was also nervous. You know, I didn't like the stigma, stigma of PTSD or any sort of being labeled as broken and, uh, anything like that. I just afraid to confront it, I suppose, but it's true that the, the toughest step and potentially the most courageous thing I've ever done was get on the plane and come here because I didn't have any other options after that. Couldn't leave. I can never adequately describe my experience here. It, I just, I just know that I'm, I'm definitely a, a new person. I'm reborn and I'm equipped with, with all the tools that I need to not, to not just be the father that they could have had or the husband that they could have had or the man that I could have been. Um, but to be, to be the man that better than, than I ever could have been better than the husband that than she could have ever imagined, uh, better than the father that they could ever imagine that they could have. And 
just leave a, a permanent legacy that is one that, you know, everyone, I would be proud of, you know? So that's really, that's really it. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.